Welcome to Dicey Stories, where we tell stories shaped by dice. You're listening to our tabletop role-playing game, Actual Play Podcast, episode 234. Today's episode is another installment in our series, Echoes of Invasion, set in the world of the Battle for Westmouth video game, 30-some years after the Eastern Invasion mainline campaign. It is played using Edge Studios' Genesis role-playing system, with occasional references to the Mythic Game Master emulator's event meaning tables for inspiration. For the story up to this point, visit our website, DiceyStories.com, where you can listen to previous episodes or read the serialized write-ups of our adventures. Now let's get rolling. We've got a story to tell. Trick. It's going to cook everyone up some fish lunch. Okay. Uh, Knox sits down next to you. Oh, good, you found the campsite. And he's like, smoke rising. That's a good point. <laughs> you said you lit a fire. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and he said he's doing fine. He doesn't need any. Yeah, this is not anything he's concerned about. That's good. Yeah, I'm trying to think what trick would even... Uh... Are you making a cooking check? I'm going to make a survival check, sure. Okay. Yep, success. Just a threat. It's not the best. You know, maybe it wasn't ideal fish to begin with. Yeah, it's actually, it's like eels or something. Okay. That the Naga find more desirable. It was already here, so I thought I'd put that up. Yeah, I don't know what trick and not to necessarily talk about. He compliments you on your shooting, as you did pepper all the Nagas out there. Well, I did what I could. Uh, I think uh, Mate uh, accomplished a lot more than I did. Uh, I heard he kept a raft from floating away. <laughs> a little bird told me. <laughs> Knott is amused by your humor and chuckles at it. He tells you that it's a good thing that you're cooking up a snack because Henrik has ordered a uh, rest break or whatever because Tomas was pretty beat up. And yeah, I saw him get that, uh, those swords and a naga. They all messed you up, apparently. Uh, yes, and you had already revealed earlier that you had never fought a naga before. I think so, and if, if Trick hadn't, he would reveal that now just because he's fishing for stories and information. So from not you can learn that the leader there is actually called a Myrmidon. Hmm. There was a Myrmidon and then like his small contingent of, right. of fighters under his command. And that the Myrmidons are are far more dangerous because <laughs> and Knots is kinda like because they're trained with two swords, which is more dangerous. <laughs> He doesn't, like, brandish them or anything, but clearly yeah. it is an ongoing um, ribbing between him and the beard. Whether two swords or, a, or like, an axe and a shield are a better choice. I mean, I own two bows, but I feel it would be, it would be gauche to <laughs> use both of them at once. But I noticed you were shooting gauche. Oh, shooting left-handed, yes. Yes, I learned this style of bow left-handed, and I used the elvish bow right-handed. So what style of bow is this, then? Uh, this is a, a, a Manu bow. I suppose that's what Trick would tell him. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, what? Have you ever been to the Sandy Waste? So Trick will now tell the ridiculous As story. if you had been there. As if I had been there. <laughs> you um, may have guessed I'm not all elf. Has he been to the Sandy Waste? And if he has, that's even better for Trick. Let's make Knott's like roll. Percentile? or? Let's roll like his knowledge adventuring. Okay. Adventuring? Geography, actually? Oh. Because this is about okay. a place? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had just been thinking, like, where has his... Uh, actively taken him. Okay, his knowledge geography is only one, so he's only rolling yellow-green. What does he know about the Sandy Waste? Not a lot is known about it. Three purples. It's a mysterious place. One success and a threat. So maybe he's not been there, maybe he's 
Heard of it, though. So, he will tell you. He, of course, hasn't been in the sandy wastes himself, but he was for a while stationed down in Fort Tom on the other side of the Delatus Hills. And there are some settlements further east than that that kind of like brush up against the sandy wastes. So he did meet some people from those villages, like when they would bring their goods into the fort and things like that. And he tells you that there's this pretty bitter brew called coffee that they drink down there. Interesting. And triple fours and the man who spice mix on some of the fish. <laughs> yeah, you guys chit chat a little, yep. um, maybe a bit about like where he's been and things like that. And so he, it sounds like he's been all over what's not. He has, and previously somebody here had expressed interest on hmm, where exactly did they fight elves? Because it came up that he used. I don't know that trick heard that they fought elves, but okay, then that was probably with Hepa. But the, it, with the trick he, would ask, like, well, what battles has he been in? Okay. So he has yeah. been involved in engagements kind of like all over Westmoth. That includes some fighting along the edge of the Appenwood and some work out on the Horse Plains because those guys don't always like to do their own work themselves. And trick tells like, well, it wouldn't be honorable in some situations. But... <laughs> <laughs> and I have to imagine, like, Nats has, like, heard this before. <laughs> Nats just, like, laughs, and he says, well, honorable isn't why I'm in the business. No, I don't know if anyone becomes a mercenary out of honor. It's more about coin, usually. You do little sleight of hand things. You'll... Okay. You can roll a medicine check for Henrik. Okay. He is also two purples. Okay. Okay, so two successes and two advantages. So... You patch him up a little bit. It's still going to take him several days to heal Liversome. I can so, try to do magic if I use the advantages. You can try a magic, then that will be the last thing that you can do for it. I mean, he'll heal a little faster for the apothecary, but... Yeah, I mean, if I use the advantages to heal some strain. Then yeah, let me try the magic on there, if he doesn't mind. No, he doesn't okay. care. She's still a little bit gun-shy. Patch it up. <laughs> Fortunate to have two mages on this mission. And uh, succeed with a threat, so two successes. All right. So he and Tomas will get better faster than they normally would because they are under your care. You are their physician for the rest of the journey. Right. And knots didn't need any healing? Uh, You guys eventually, like, gather for snack time, for eel soup. Crunchy eel on a stick. Um, What are these? I have some leftover, I'll, I'll throw it to the mud crawlers. I wasn't sure if you were going to give them sticks, because you made that stick in the mud. Because I, I might have to shoot an arrow at them. <laughs> but you give them a snack instead? Instead I give them a bump on a log. Okay. Make a survival check. If you name them, they're going to have to travel with us. Uh, how hard is this survival check? Obscure mud crawler knowledge? Oh, don't get eaten by a mud crawler when you feed them. That is two successes. You, like, toss some stuff in the general direction of one of the mud crawler nests, and they just kind of, like, ooze over it, and then, like, they keep oozing, and then it's gone. And there's and just fish gone. bones left, or does it... Yeah. Well, we'll say there's bones left. That's pretty neat, actually. Well, glad you didn't eat me. Oh, you, you, you left this, pal. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. You took damage, too. Yep. No, there's no wound too small. 
No, it's literally two wounds. It's fine. <laughs> uh, you can make a medicine check on Nods. His is, I'm guessing, just one, though. Just one. Oh, I succeed in triumph and an advantage. You can learn something more about anatomy. How much do you succeed by? Or, like, how many successes do you have? Two and then the triumph. Oh, including the triumph is the two. You can use your triumph for social engagement, or you can use your triumph just to, like, infer things. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of curious how he is physically, because I've mostly seen mages, and he's a different color than everybody that I've seen, right? No. Knots is dark black skin, but there were people of that shade in South Tower. No, I mean that I've, med- I've medically treated. Oh, that yeah. you've medically treated. Yeah, yeah. He is darker skinned than Alric is. Yeah, so then I I guess I would like to kind of check him over medically and just see if there's any anything that's different or how he's doing in particular. Knotts is the most physically fit person that you have ever treated. Okay. Because you have treated primarily old people, insanely sickly people. <laughs> Alric, all you did for Alric was like bandage his arm. I did a heal spell on him, which doesn't give me the, yeah. But I mean, it was just a small cut on his arm that you treated. Whereas, like, the other people that you have spent, like, intensive medical time with, like, Gummerdock was an old man, Katchen is unhealthy. But I did medically treat the beard, but I didn't really... That's true, you did treat him. So, Knott's clearly in very good physical shape, but also quite scarred. Okay. Like, in various places. Right. So, has clearly sustained injuries over his career as a mercenary. Will you tell me how old he is? Sure. Okay. <laughs> He's 35. Okay. And a very healthy 35. You have met other people of a roughly similar age, farmers and such, who are more run-down looking than he is. Right. But he's very active... They're pretty active, but, I mean, he has got a lot of scars, so that kind of suggests that he's been some battles. It's not like he's sedentary or anything. No, he's definitely not sedentary. He is a professional combatant. And while, yes, you have learned that guard duty involves a certain amount of sitting around on the caravans, since you did tell him that this is your first job, Yeah. you guys will chit-chat, and he'll say, you know, like, this is not... This type of job, like, you could make a career from it, but it'd probably be very boring. And he and the beard, they don't spend all of their time guarding caravans. Like, guarding caravans is kind of what you do when you need a break, like a vacation. (laughs) I mean, it's a way to get from point A to point B, too. Yeah, which is what you guys are doing. Um, So it's a good way to get from point A to point B. It's a good way just to get a little cash. But, like, if you really want to make a nest egg, like, it's not going to bring in the amount of money that doing jobs for nobles in their, like, whatever. Petty um, disputes. Yeah, whatever petty disputes they have. Or, like, putting in time on the borders. Like, things like that. That's definitely not as safe as caravan work. Not that caravan work is entirely safe he uh chuckles (laughs) um you know bandits and things like that but bandits are one thing brigades are another so he's very um casual about it all Mm -hmm. but he clearly views it as like this is a completely valid career choice right but it does also sound to you like it's also a very fluid one 
and he and the beard have been working together for a while. Right. And they go from place to place and sell their services to whoever. Okay. Oh, so I think she will comment that he seems to be in much better health than others she's met up at his age, like farmers. <laughs> I mean, obviously better. His opinion is like work in the fields will run you down. I don't think you're wrong about that. <laughs> and then you'll also learn that they have these monikers because they do travel around so much and only work with units for however long an engagement is required. That when you're like under a new commander, there's no reason to attempt to like burden them with your name that they're not going to remember anyway. And on the battlefield, when they're calling across orders, it is so much easier if they just have some physical thing that like you there with the beard and like right. you there with the knots in your hair, like do this thing. And it gives you, it, believe me, you get much clearer orders that way than when they're like stumbling around being like, uh, uh, uh. And by the time they remember your name, that side of the collapsed. Is that why he, you wear your hair like that? No, the hair came first. The name came later. Oh, okay. <laughs> I wear my hair like this because it's cool. Isn't it? Do you think... I mean, I could try, but I told you, your hair is pretty thin. Maybe if we wove some, like, dried grass in it. Uh, maybe. She's more like, interested in the theory than actually having it yeah. then, but... He's like, if maybe if we use some sort of oil, possibly. I don't know about incorporating additional materials. But we can try, if you're game. Henrik says we're not moving on until the morning. She is an alchemist. <laughs> she wanted to figure out something. Hair products. If you want to make an alchemy check for hair products, <laughs> is your kit... Sitting attached to the saddle with a on Butterbell here on the side? Yeah, I think it's on Butterbell. There would be really nowhere to leave it. So if you want to make an alchemy check, you can do so. Yeah, she's curious about this. I don't know that she's actually invested in her hair actually being done or not, but she would love to think about alchemy okay. after a long day. All right, what's the difficulty on making, I guess, a loose? That is going to be two purples. No, I don't succeed. Okay. Let's see, I do get some advantages, so maybe I just have a good time with it. Yeah, I got four advantages. Okay. It entertains you for the rest of the day as you bubble and boil tincture type stuff. Yeah. Try several things. He gives it a go. He tries to twist your hair up similarly to the knots that he has. Right. And I think what's going to end up happening is that you're going to end up with, like, crimped hair. As a result, like you don't, the knots don't stay. Like in the morning when you wake up, it's totally undone. You have luxurious curly hair. And you have like, yeah, like Some volume. Your hair is far more. He, he braided my hair, and then when I wake up, it has the braid crimps. Is that pretty much? Yeah, yeah, I know how that goes. We used to do that when I was a kid. Too. Trick. Yes. Is there anything else that you need to do related to this scene, the people involved? It did occur to trick. They should talk to these mercenaries, since they did take part in an action near Elvish lands that is part of my charge to High Lord Volas. I should learn more about this. Oh, you should be a spy? Yeah, it's like, I tricked like, forgot about her, like, eh, it doesn't really, that's, that's I not mean, of course. But then he realizes, no, that's exactly what I'm supposed to find out. You were, you were hired for undead-related spy work, but if you... You know, but it's anything. Expand your charge. Well, they have been around a lot, they probably know that if, is they, true. if there were things... Uh, so Trick will engage with the beard a bit more. Okay. 
Well, I asked him how he did it in the fight. In a sort of way that implies there is permanent scorekeeping going on, he will point out that he not only subdued one ruffian, disarmed the main antagonist, but and also came out unscathed himself. Uh, indeed, I only got uh, slung down by mud. But uh, let's see, two nagas, uh, I guess the bird gets... He will debate with you who actually gets credit for, like, the final kill in a way that you learn that, like, in some jobs, you get, like, better payout. Yeah, um, I feel like Tomas gets the credit, right? But the guy was already, like, being drifted away by the current. He's completely unaware that Hepa did anything. Hepa was casting. Like, arms were being waved and stuff right. like that. But, <laughs> he you know, like, know he's looking the other way. It happened That's in true. the water. And the there's a mage right there. He wouldn't exactly. be able to see Hepa doing all this. And, yeah, but Hepa, like, got him stuck in the water. What, you think a naga's not going to be able to swim out? That doesn't just happen. <laughs> ah, ah. More of your elvish magic. Well, yes. And I think that will be a sufficient segue that Trick of like not to mention that you and he uh, did have an engagement on the Elvish border somewhere at the Athenwood. Was was that recently? Or if you need me to make a charm check, because it could be a potentially awkward topic, I can do. So. I do wish you to make a charm check, and I am going to upgrade this because all of those are currently GM points. Yeah, that's fair. And what is his? He is cool. he is quite cool. So it is a purple and two reds. Because of the upgrade. Success with three threats. This is a social interaction. Yep. And there's three threats here. He can learn something about Trek. Like your true oh. motivation in this. Like, granted, this is informal social combat, but you are asking because you are now legitimately an emissary. Secretly interested. <laughs> you yes. have, like, these ribbons to show that you've got authority of some sort or getting information for someone who does. Yes, it's... It's an unusual question, I think. Right. So how you want that to slip into the conversation is kind of up to you, but he will learn that essentially you are not just... I'm not two, just being social. And, and also, like, you know, you aren't just, like, two elves who are out traveling, right? You're, yeah. like, on a mission. Several, in fact, apparently. Busy people. If he knows about pottery. <laughs> you succeeded your check, though, and so you are going to learn some stuff about how, yes, ten years ago is when he was involved in an action down near the Athenwood. And um, he was very bristly and stuff when you guys had your first engagement the other night. And he is not as laid back as as Knotts is. And so he is talking with you, but at no point does he see... Like, once he kind of, like, realizes that you're, like, digging for information and stuff... He's definitely not a relaxed person. Okay. He's not got his hand on his weapon, but he does, you've noticed by now, like because of last time and things like that, that he has a habit of kind of like stretching out his fingers, sort of. And I thought like, it would be like stroking his beard. The beard is enormous. It's too large to stroke. It's more like like ready to grab something kind of thing and like yep. keep the fingers loose and joints lubricated kind of stuff. And sometimes he, he'll like may kind of try to hide that by just, oh, I'm just tapping my leg casually, but the, the axe is on that side, right? But, so he is not challenging you to a duel or anything, but if he decided you were a threat, he would be ready to act. It strikes me as though he had a bad temper, but has learned to keep it under control, I think just barely. I think that's a good assessment, because you've seen him when his temper is out of whack. Yeah. 
that's when axes get thrown at birds. So he was engaged in some actions to deal with elves from the Athenwoods who were harassing Westnoth farmers, and therefore their nobles. Right, because the nobles are nominally charged with protecting the farmers. Yeah, and um, there was already like a lot of soreness down in Kurloth province from stuff further back in time. All the names of places wash over, Trick. Athenwood, who knows? He's barely got a latch on that one, but yes. <laughs> okay, ten years ago, it's probably... From an elf's perspective... Not that long ago, but also probably Highland Bolas has gotten all the information he's got to get on this. <laughs> uh, but that will... Trick will, like, change the direction then. Uh, as if they had fought undead. Like, these two are not old enough to have fought in the... Mount Ravenel stuff? Yeah. Was there a name for that war? Or just the war, probably? It doesn't the have... The invasion? It doesn't have... Like, the name is Eastern Invasion. So probably, like, the war with Mount Ravenel is probably the best way to refer to it. Okay. Because everybody knows that the name of the person was Mount Ravenel. You know, to his credit, he's exceeded at that. But that was, like, 30 years ago. Like, yeah. At least... Knots would have been... I don't know if he would have been a very cute little five-year-old with two swords, yeah. I guess. So yes. Trick will say like he doesn't think these two are old enough to have fought in that war. But so. he's curious if they have fought undead since then in their campaigns. He will tell you that they have a few times gone up against skeletons and such. That they've spent some time in the Northlands above the Great River. And that there do seem to be now and then reclusive... Necromancer types uh, who uh, occasionally stir up trouble. And in your discussion with him, you do learn that while the borders of Westnot are not officially extended north of the Great River at this point in time, there's a lot of settlement moving in that direction. And like maybe like Westnoth will claim those things. So it, it sounds like when Knots and the Beard have been up there, it's been kind of like you know, someone is trying to take a few hamlets that have formed and be like, no, we're a... Oh, an independent... We're a duchy now, or something like that. Yeah. And so we gotta do something to calm the surrounding area. Okay. And sometimes that does mean somebody hanging out in a cave somewhere steps out in a black robe and is like, me and my skeleton friends don't approve of your duchy. I'm just imagining, like, the beard is, like, saying it with this, this level of... Okay. He definitely sounds like he's not scared by the concept... Like, he's fought enough skeletons and stuff. You know what? Those necromancers, you chop them with an axe, they go down. Getting close enough to chop them with the axe is a challenge. And that's when he, like, pats his hatchet on the other side. Sometimes he can't get close enough for this axe. And sure, but gotta use a small have you ever dealt with a ghost? Trying to hack through one of those. Give you a hard time, wouldn't it? Has he ever dealt with a ghost? Probably not. Probably the level of necromancer who hangs out in those hillsides is not strong enough to uh, Interesting. be controlling a ghost. Okay. I would like a cool check from you, because yeah, the right. fact that Dan is saying that is an interesting thing means that probably Trick is thinking that, and the beard will want to dissect that. Well, this is against its vigilance, isn't it? Yeah. Two reds and a purple. I am going to upgrade that so it's three reds. He has so much information, like, do they all go down if you kill the necromancer? One triumphant success and two threats. You do not show that you think something was interesting. When Dan said, that's interesting, it was after I just said the necromancers who, like, hide out in those caves aren't able to control ghosts. And Which, you said, that's interesting, and I want to know why, even if the beard doesn't. Because that means that Ketchit is a more powerful 
level of necromancer, which is why I believe you made this statement. That is a valid inference. For all that catch and fails every spell he casts in front of you guys, it does imply things about the level of control that Catchin has. Um, because I'm assuming do... at this point, Trick has decided, Catchin set up that ghost in some fashion. If you would like me to spend the triumph for Trick to make this inference, I'm willing to do that. Uh, otherwise, Trick will spend this triumph to further spend the legend of his ghost hunting abilities. It's your triumph. You can spend it however you choose. If you would prefer for Trick to make correct inferences regarding Catchin's power and regarding that ghost, I can tell you exactly what happened with that ghost. Like, Trick can put together things in his head and be like, I get it now. Right, that the ghost was to guard Catchin against dwarves entering the fortress. It's my, my, the player's inference. That is your current inference. If you want me to correct it, I can. Let's do it. <laughs> okay. You could spin your story. I can tell whatever story, but it's good to know what the truth is. Okay. I will tell you what the truth is, and this will be the truth that Trick has worked out for Put together. Yes. Seen enough. Which is that Kachin was repelling the ghost from that keep the whole time you were there. Ah. But he was leaving. Right. And which meant the ghost was going to come back, which would have put you and Hepa at risk. So he had to reprogram the ghost with a mission that it could deal with that was close enough to whatever it had before that he I could see. make it work. He didn't know we were going to come back with a dwarf. He thought it was possible you might come back with a dwarf. And if you did, that was a danger to catch him. Right. And so having the ghost stop a dwarf served Kachin's needs and gave the ghost something that fit with whatever it was supposed to do before. Which is why the ghost never attacked Trick or Hepa. It only attacked Glimmer, and it only acted when Glimmer came into the keep, and when Glimmer left the keep, and like Trick knocked it down at that point in time, it was able to interpret that as, I have defended the keep from this dwarf, and it was able to dissipate. So... Not shooting it twice. Not sure what else to tell the story. But it's also like, that gives Trick useful information, like... Like, literally, like, reprogram the ghost. That's another way to, for him to think about it. Like, okay, like, he knows Ketchin is powerful, but, like, would he have summoned the ghost? Eh, like, no, that place is creepy and haunted. There was almost certainly a ghost there already. Right. Ketchin was never summoning anything. <laughs> and and you saw... I saw him control You saw skeletons. him control skeletons. You know he was keeping things away when yeah. he was conscious and was not able to do it when he wasn't. So whether he wants to be or not, he is a powerful necromancer. Yes. He may not be a powerful arcane mage because of the other things that he has going on. Also because he never finished school. And his schooling was not focused on the right topics for excelling in that area. Didn't apply himself when he was there. (laughs) Applied himself to the things that mattered to him. He was probably tired from holding up undead from coming to Alduin. They're on an island. Oh, the undead can just walk through the water. Doesn't work. You gotta live on an island in like a lava lake. That's what we should find out. <laughs> yeah, I don't think undead can walk through lava. Yeah, I don't think so. So that's your triumph, and that's your insight. And okay. it does also, I will just add, make you think that if Catchin wanted to be, he could be a, a lot more powerful. He could be a lot more troublesome. Dangerous. Yeah. In fact, if he's not, although if one were just biding their time. Or, as. You have thought some of these things before. At some point, do you decide you're safest on the other side of an undead army? 
Yeah. Yeah. Which, I mean, if he just retires to the... It's not the Swamp of Dread, but it's whatever's on the other side of those mountains. Look, he's already exiled. At least there he's safe. You don't know. We need a big ring of fire that I guess, they have to come through to get to him. Like, other necromancers are a threat to him, too. Because they could, like... They're contesting control of the undead. That's a rough time. As the camera zooms back out from... The camera zooms out of the fire of the beard and Trick talking to each other. We see on the other side of the fire knots We're trying to do twisting hair. Hepa's hair, sectioned hair up and then wrapping it around itself and trying to tuck the ends in and having to use like reeds to kind of like tie them in place because your hair just won't stay. Yeah. Ultimately, he has you like tie a scarf around your hair when you go to sleep at night to try to like keep them in. But yeah. when you undo the scarf in the morning, everything just springs out. Oh, then I do have curls though. Yeah. For a while. While Tomas is like sleeping and recovering from his injuries and Henrik is keeping the, the door locked and his uh this whole time we like never talked <laughs> they had all these little assistants, the new recruits on the raft. <laughs> I forgot about them the whole time. But, you know, they did a good job. They uh, there. they did their best. They didn't get hurt then Yeah. They didn't have the right equipment for quite for this. And the fellow who was on the other side of the river, long gone. Smart guy. Does not just, know how old the beard is? Probably like a year or two older than he is. And he doesn't have hair? What are you talking about? He's kind of like a monstrosity that hangs from his chin. But he's bald on his head. Yeah. So as you get older, it falls out. Hopefully not. Doesn't always? Not in my family. Not in mine either. <laughs> <laughs> Does it get gray? Uh, Nas will tell you that his grandma has, like, snow white hair. Oh, wait, she's seen some older women, too. So some of it falls out, but not completely. But the beard is pretty bald on his head. Yes, Nas will say that has been the case, as long as Nas has known him. Okay, so maybe that's not from age. Nope. These things don't happen to elves. What a magical life you must lead. For a while. It escalates pretty quickly towards the end, as I understand it. <laughs> not having died yet myself. <laughs> I mean, do we have that many, like, really old, probably not had that many elderly elves that have died? There's just not so many elves. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. But yeah, I guess it is pretty magical. It was very kind of him to answer all her questions. He's a friendly and chatty fellow. And try with her hair. So first thing, when she wakes up, she's going to show him. <laughs> and he will say that he warned you that this might happen. <laughs> look. It is a different look. All right. That day, I need a geography check because you don't just have Butterbell that you need to get back. You also have this cart with prisoners in it. So you can't necessarily take the same exact route you did before. Right. Because the cart has requirements for passage. So it's going to be an average check, and you get a blue die because you had triumphantly geographized this area in the past. Right, and I instead of updating my map, I played with hair and, <laughs> and interrogated knots about all sorts of things. Yeah, maybe once you rejoin the caravan, you can update the map more. His family sounds really healthy. They don't lose their hair. He's the fit. She, now she needs to meet his family and see if they're all like that. Forget Albert's family. <laughs> well, she wants to see how fit he is, too. Medically, I mean. 
Sometimes heaven's creepy. I know, right? It's catching you're worried about, huh? Three successes and a threat. So I am actually going to use that threat to say it takes longer for you to get back up to the caravan. And that just means that Roger, for example, is in a more of a mood because it's now been like a full day mm-hmm. that you guys have been away. The caravan has made it across the river at the other crossing point, but Henrik and his recruits were the ones who were supposed to be watching the prisoners. And while you guys have been away for all of this time, more of Rodri's resources have to be devoted towards the prisoners and keeping them in line. And there was an escape attempt. So Rodri is just not happy. And when you guys show up, you get a little bit of a, a lecture on prioritizing responsibilities to the caravan and how, like, from this point forward, these prisoners are, like, Henrik's responsibility, even though, like, he's got even more prisoners than before. Like, it's more important for the goods to be protected. Oh, that's right. We came back with more prisoners than we left with, huh? Um, Sorry. That's Well, that's Henrik. So, it, but it's kind of like you're not going to be allowed to be, like, chit-chatting. I mean, it's it's just like a mood sort of thing, right? right. Like, yeah. Roger better not catch you over with the South Tower guards, or they will view it as you were not doing your job. Derelict on duty. Which I understand you guys are not besties with yeah. Henrik and stuff, but it's just, it's put, it like, a damper on your freedom a little bit. Your freedom of association. Right. Uh, I need a clever retort. You could tell them we secured the raft to get across. Uh, no, 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 I have a good idea. Uh, I do tell them, like, well, it's true, the uh, cost you some extra coin to have us go out of your way and wait, uh, but with that bridge out, there is a ferry there. Someone will need to operate that. And the raft is still clipped in and everything. We made sure it's all intact. So I think if you or someone you knew were to operate that, you come out well ahead. I need you to make a negotiate check, oh, no. I think. Against the PC negotiate. You're like, why didn't I just lie to him? You're just business. Unfortunately, you didn't take a long tack here. No, I didn't. Their negotiate is two reds and a purple. I'll upgrade one of these. All right. And they do have inspiring rhetoric, though you have not observed them. Mm, yeah, no, I've <laughs> only observed scathing tirade. <laughs> Before I do that. You're in verse? You're in verse. I have a verse all night. <sighs> so Trick will, he's playing with his, his willow knuckles. First of all, he has to tell Roderick, Rodri, about the battle, of course. Because you know, I know you want to make sure you hired us as mercenaries, so you want to make sure we stay as healthy, because if we get horribly injured, that's just going to cost you. So he gives, in the guise of giving Rodri a full accounting of all the injuries sustained, he's telling the story of the battle, but he keeps mentioning, like, Oh, this ferry, even though it was set up a trap, is actually set up quite nice. And this ferry, even though... It's, he's just, like, repeating, repeating the word, this ferry. So he's talking it up in order to augment himself. Okay. And he's punctuating his points. This ferry. Tapping his hands with his willow dusters. Yes. Knuckle dusters Knuckle made dusters. of willow. Made of willow. I am going to use natural eye. <laughs> Not going to take a bunch of threats and failures on this. No, no. 
I think the dice are telling you this is a failure. This is a failure, yes. No threats. A trick can't fool himself into being a better negotiator. Not he does. He tricks himself into being a better liar. <laughs> should have learned. All right. Well, let's just negotiate then. I did spend the story point on this, though. Mm-hmm. That's failure with an advantage. Okay. Rondri does listen to your business plan, but then picks it apart. Because, granted, there's no, like, proper roads around here, but there's at least these tracks that are, like, the reason these tracks exist is because they're repeatedly traveled, and the amount of trees that would need to, like, be... Granted, they're scraggly trees, but, like, the route would have to shift to go that way for the carts and things to be able to fit through. He's going to build his road out of trees? No, but the trees have to be cleared for the carts to be able to fit through in some of these areas. So it's just like there's more work than just saying, oh, this location has a ferry. There's also, like, the track issue because it is slow going between South Tower and Weldon since there isn't a proper road already. And so to go along an area that isn't as well trod is going to cost time. He's not annoyed, but it's like he explains, like, this is, like, I appreciate the idea, kid, but there's, there's they, holes they, here. They appreciate that you are thinking... Thinking about money. ...commercially, and they take advantage of the opportunity to, like, mentor you a little bit. Rodri is not mad at you guys. Rodri is mad at Henrik. Right, right, right. Rodri didn't want these criminals in the caravan to begin with, but had to comply. I guess Trickle, like, maybe this gets like this is the advantage. Aren't you getting paid to haul them, or are they just tagging along? Rodri is getting paid, but... Prisoners Rodri, aren't the best haul. Like, like, the rate of return, right? Like, there isn't going to be any potential for, like, markup on delivery, which you do have with goods. And there's so much trouble... <laughs> And, and yeah, and they clearly introduce extra trouble here. Two cards of grain tend not to try to, to escape. To, or, or not to incite people to blow up bridges, right? Like I don't know, I've seen some really evil-looking grain. <laughs> so that's the situation there. Well, maybe when we reach Weldon, you can petition, I don't know what official you would petition, that there's extra delays. In the end, you were forced to take on extra additional prisoners. Uh, you can believe that Rodri will be discussing this matter with the recipients of but, uh, these goods. Check assures Rodri that it's you know it's not a problem that he now has to guard two more prisoners, no extra charge. Damn straight, there's no extra charge. So it's cost like was it two days yeah. added to the trip because of this whole bridge debacle. The rest of the trip into Weldon is much less exciting. Hot. It is hot. Summer. There's no shade anywhere. And you're moving further and further from this. The there were scraggly trees before, but part of the issue here is is that just because of the way the tracks and the terrain are, you guys are going inland and then coming down. The city of Weldon is on the River Weldon, but the terrain is just not good for carts to follow the river the whole way. Right. So once you reach Weldon you will be back on the river again. As you approach Walden, it is the largest human settlement you have ever seen in your brief It being the second human settlement we've ever seen. (laughs) You have stayed at a few farmsteads, and you have seen an outpost that grew into a city, but what you are seeing now is the seat of government. This place is a fortress. It's 
definitely got thicker and thicker huts and houses in the outlying lands. You're starting to see buildings with flags on them as you uh, approach. Lots of people got their little West Nile flags up on their houses. The flag indicates that they have paid taxes. The flags indicate that they are uh, in good standings. Yes. And then, like, yeah, there's a walled city. And not just, like, South Tower. These are walls that are, like, three stories high. These are walls that are meant to be defended. And you remember, the final battle against Mount Ravenel did happen in this valley here around the city of Weldon. Oh, that's something maybe for us to check out while we're around here. Why not? We stir up undead everywhere we go. You're not, you're not the only one. Put need a cool check to not be too impressed. It'd be like a how queen and I. What difficulty are you setting this? This Two? is the capital of Wesna. Yeah, but I'm an elf. What are you doing? <laughs> he just wants a cool check to not be impressed by the. Oh. Team. To not show that I'm impressed. What difficulty do you think? You think it'd be three. I think it should be three. Okay. It's the capital of the country. Three stories high. The wall is three stories high. How do you even build that? Trees are like four or five stories tall. But they grow. So yeah. It's just stacked rock. It is literally just stacked rock. How do you get it that high? You put one rock on top of another. How do you get up that far? You make a ladder? And carry rocks up. You get someone else to carry the rocks. You succeeded your cool check. And Try it gently. What are you doing with that? Not being impressed. There's not being impressed. There's being impressed but not showing that you're impressed. There's... Yeah. Being disdainful, like... The trick is not going to be disdainful. He will use this to, like, germinate an idea for, like, an even grander city that he can lie about. Far, far to the east, the ruins of a great city. Ten stories tall. was the shortest building. Walls made. Not of stone, but of steel. Mate flies around above you, and... Oh, no, is there a falcon here? Is Ulrich's mom ticked uh, off? There's other magpies. Other magpies? You're traveling through plains and open lands. Oh, yeah, home of the magpies. And so, Mate's not, like, abandoning you or anything, but Mate flies off and you see other flashes of black and white, and then, you know, caravan rumbles on further. Eventually, like, Mate comes back and you, like, take out some snacks to share with Mate. And, like, (laughs) yep, a whole bunch of, like, other magpies, like, descend. All right, I only got so many fish heads for all of you. You're going to have to share. You get a fish eye, and you get a fish eye. And they start playing with the bones. That trick I appreciate. And like, kind of like tumbling over each other and stuff like that, and, and rolling around. And Mate is like, flies down with like one of the ribbons that he has, and like, is kind of like teasing. One of the other magpies? Yeah, like, so the other magpie like tries to get the ribbon, and Mate like flies up all the way and stuff. Way too fast. And so this like magpie carnival is like traveling alongside you. I going to say, like, mostly on the ground, like, running along occasionally, so has to swoop up to catch up every now and then. Yeah. And Mate is trying to impress them with the ribbon. That's right. Look at this. I got colored ribbon. Yeah. <laughs> to think of the stories he tells. So, in this manner, you guys enter Weldon. 15 XP. Woo-hoo! Right. Made it to been listening to Echoes of Invasion, set in the world of the Battle for Westnoth video game, and played using Edge Studios' Genesis role-playing system. Our GM was Jen, 
and our players were Lex and Daniel. For the serialized narrative write-up of this adventure, visit us at DiceyStories.com. Our character art is by Del Borovic. See her work at DelBorovic.com. Our music is sampled from Return to Wesna by Matthias Westland, a.k.a. West, licensed under CC by SA 4.0, part of the Battle for Westnoth project. Visit them at westnoth.org. Until next time, this is Dicey Stories reminding you, the only thing that separates you from knowledge is experience. <laughs>